Hello and welcome to episode 113 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell. And if you are a vegan in business or a vegan with a business, then you have found your tribe. And even if you just have an idea at the moment, we are here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And Wow, just wow. I I am recording this on the back of having completed our flagship event, which was Vegan Business Tribe Live at the London Olympia 2023. And if you missed it, then you missed an absolutely packed two days where we were joined by nearly 30 rockstar vegan business speakers and panels and workshops. And I think that it was maybe one of the best weekends of my life because we had so many Vegan Business Tribe members come and support us over those two days. And all the team at VegFest UK who hosted the event, they were just amazing too. And it wasn't just who we had speaking that was so amazing, but who we had in the audience too, or just who dropped by to say hello over the weekend. And every time that I turned around, there was just another amazing vegan business person stood there coming to me to say hello. And people like Seth Tibbert, who is the founder of one of the USA's biggest vegan companies, Tofurky. We had Robbie Lockie, the co-founder of Plant Based News. We had Henry, who is half of Bosch. I even managed to capture a very rare selfie with Matthew Glover, the founder of Veganuary and Veg Capital. And it was truly just a celebration of where the vegan business scene is just right now. And if you did miss it, and I know not everyone can get to London, but still, well, where were you? (laughs) You can still watch back all the recordings of all 11 sessions from the full two days in our Vegan Business Academy over on the website. And we covered how to build up a huge online following with vegan YouTubers like David Rams. We had the wonderful Heather Mills as our keynote speaker on the Saturday afternoon. And Heather, she absolutely packed out our stage. I mean, I had to remove the back walls of our area at VegFest just so that everybody could fit in. And we also had some of the founders of the biggest vegan companies in the UK just share their advice and experience with us. People like Andy Shovel from This and Chris Kong from Better Nature Tempeh, who had a brilliant panel discussion on how to scale up a business and how to get into retailers. And all of those sessions, they are now edited and uploaded and live on the website for our Vegan Business Tribe members to watch back. And if you're not yet a Vegan Business Tribe member and you want to get access to our full academy of hundreds of hours of courses and masterclasses, including all the recordings from both Vegan Business Tribe Live 2023 and Vegan Business Tribe Live 2022. If you want to get access to all that, then, well, 
don't tell anybody, but you can actually get a free month trial by going to veganbusinesstribe.com forward slash free hyphen month. And that will allow you to watch all those sessions back. However, today I wanted to share one of the sessions from the weekend with you on the podcast. And this was actually one of our Sunday sessions. And when I'm planning these events out, I tend to make all the Saturday sessions the hard business topics. You know, things like how to find investors, how to get in the news, the industry trends, those sort of things. And then on the Sunday, I try to bring in panels talking about some of the wider or the softer topics. So on Sunday, we We looked at the vegan children's market, for example, in one panel. We looked at green finance in another. And quite often, these turn out to be my favourite panel discussions and quite often where I learn the most from. So the one I wanted to share with you today is a panel that was hosted by my very dear friend Shabari Daz from World Vegan Market. And she was joined by three of our Vegan Business Tribe members to talk about how you can use your business as your form of activism. And I'll let Shibari introduce the panellists in just a moment because they are all amazing vegan businesses that you can really learn a lot from about how to run a vegan business. But the thing that I want you to take away from this session is that if you are a vegan with a business, then your business, it can be your form of activism. Because just because you have turned vegan yourself, that does not mean that those 200 million land animals that are killed every single day are saved. At best, as vegans, we've just opted out of that. But it's still all going on. But if you've got a business, you've got a platform, you've got an opportunity to bring together your ethics with how you make a living. And that's going to make a bigger positive impact on the world. Now, of course, we've all got that fear that bringing activism into our companies, that might have a negative impact on them. You know, will it put off your customers if we start banging that vegan drum in their faces? And if that's what you're worried about, then I really want you especially to pay attention to this session because all three companies on this panel, they are vegan businesses who mainly sell to non-vegan customers, but they still use their business as their form of activism and find that they get support from their non-vegan customers too when they do that. So how can you use your business as your activism? Well, that's what we're all about at Vegan Business Tribe. So let me pass you over to Shibari for this session, which was recorded live at Vegan Business Tribe Live at the London Olympia as part of VegFest 2023. 
Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome to Vegan Business Tribe Live. And uh, my name's Jabari, and I am your host for the next 45 minutes. And we have an absolute treat for you guys. Uh, so the topic of conversation is how to use your business as your activism. And uh, so um, a question for the audience, um, put your hands up uh, if you you, if you all already have a, a, a vegan business, yay, yay, and uh, put your hands up if you're thinking about starting a vegan business. <laughs> yay yeah oh yes uh, out, out there so um did you know that you can actually use your vegan business as your activism and um uh on the panel today i um have some wonderful people uh, vegan business owners who have done just that really 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 well so uh first of all we have uh kelly bowles um she is hi uh she is the founder of the Pixel Rose Salon brand, which is an award-winning vegan hair salon based in Swindon. And uh, Kelly herself and her salon has had quite a bit of media coverage. In fact, Kelly is, is our media superstar. And uh, so she was on GB News, not just once, but twice defending veganism. And she actually took on an anti-vegan personal trainer and a sheep farmer and won both times. <laughs> and then we have uh, Kaylee Nicolau. She is co-founder of the vegan brand and design agency Kakadu Creative and, uh, and also the uh, sustainable hosting provider, the Green Hosting Company. Kaylee is passionate about using business as a force for good. And through her work, um, she raises awareness of veganism and climate change and isn't afraid of going out there to do street activism. And, uh, and, and even if it means actually being confronted by the police. <laughs> And then we have uh, Chloe Bullock, who is the founder of Materialize Interiors, uh, which is a Brighton-based B Corp certified interior company. And uh, Chloe was actually named as this year's Petter's Compassionate Designer in their Vegan Homeware Awards. And for those who don't know who PETA are, they are one of the largest animal rights organizations in the world. So I am going to come to you first, Kelly. Uh -huh. And uh, you absolutely rocked it on GB News. Thank you. <laughs> Both times. And um, so tell the, uh, the audience here um, about your experience what it, uh, and what kind of response you uh, received uh, from the public afterwards. Do you know, my first interaction with GB News, I was nervous because obviously it's a very right-wing kind of news station. But I've always wanted to be that person on TV, like Earthling Ed, talking about veganism, defending animal rights. So I thought, I'm going to go for it. I had really great support, actually, from David. He was sending me some, like, some fantastic facts 
And I do remember at like 5 a.m. or something ridiculous being on a train to London, researching all about what they were calling the downfall of meatless farms, which we all know that it, that wasn't true. They were, it was a lot of like propaganda that they were trying to spin on the television that day. I was worried about mentioning it on my business because even though my clients know that I am a vegan business, I am a passionate vegan, was it going to cost me half my client base? But no, in fact, it was the talk of the salon for quite some time and actually generated so much interest from shares on social media. It actually did some really positive work for my brand and my salon. Being on the telly, like it was, I loved it. I loved it every second. I'm not even going to lie. And that guy, he made himself an easy target. Like, what about the insects there? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh, that must have been the, the best thing. comeback in history. I mean, like when you took on the, uh, the anti-vegan personal trainer, your comeback was also oh, all of a sudden you've become an, an insect activist. And uh, let me best tell comeback you, ever. this guy who is anti-vegan, you go follow him on social media. He's actually actually pushing a vegan plant-based health substitute tablet thing at the moment. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> um, in general, it was a really positive experience. I think it helped that my brand is five-year established. I think if I'd have been in the early days, I probably would have been a little bit more fearful. But you know what they say, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough anyway. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Kelly. Do you want to speak at more events? Do you want to get invited onto podcasts like this one? Well, it's far easier to do that if you can say that you have written a book. So let me tell you about The Vegan Publisher. Their founder, Matali, she is a best-selling business author herself. And Matali and her team, they will lead you through that entire process of becoming a published author, transforming you into the thought leader of your industry. And writing a book, it isn't just a great marketing activity to get you more clients. Trust me, being a published author, it will open up doors to opportunities that you never even knew existed. So even if you think you don't have the time to write a book, or even if you don't know what you might write a book about, go take a look at theveganpublisher.com to find out more. If you are a UK vegan business, wouldn't it be better to have an accountant that shares your ethics? Well, vegan accountants have got over 30 years of experience and they're a vegan founded company. And just to add, they're also our accountants at Vegan Business Tribe because they just get us. They understand why we do what we do and they make sure that we're doing it in the most tax efficient way possible. Keith and his team, they've been massive supporters of our mission at Vegan Business Tribe. So if you are an established UK business with a growth mindset and you want an accountant that is going to help you grow and shares your mission as well as saves you tax, then just go to veganaccountants.co.uk to find out more. Um, so, uh, Kaylee, you're a passionate supporter of Extension Rebellion and you've done a fair bit of street activism. Could you share what happened that time you were dragged by the police and uh, what impact your post uh, made on social media about what happened? 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, I know um, Extinction Rebellion can be a bit divisive for people. I totally get that. Um, but for me, it was something that really helped me to really come to terms with climate change and the future we're facing and the damage that we are causing to the planet. I was feeling quite hopeless and feeling quite lost. And Extinction Rebellion for me was my way of doing something about it. I think we can feel very isolated in our own little bubbles and feel like we don't have power. And for me, being part of that was was like reclaiming some of that power and being mm -hmm. able to feel like I'm doing something. Um, so to give you some context on the, the police situation. So obviously, as you know, Extinction Rebellion, any action that comes with them, the police are there. Um, and my my position in Extinction Rebellion, I, I, I was part of the Samba band. So I, I wasn't the one gluing myself to things or blocking roads. I, I take my hat off to them. I massively respect them. But for me, that was just a step too far activism for, for me personally. And I think that's something that I kind of want to get across to everyone is that to be an activist, you don't have to be laying in the road. You don't have to be smashing windows. You don't have to be doing all that stuff. There are forms of activism that are that you can do that are comfortable with you and, and sit right with your own values and your own core. And for me, the Samba band, I loved it. It was it had so much positive energy. It had so much fun. And actually, by bringing the Samba band to an area, it lifted the mood. It, it broke down the tension between the police and the activists. Mm -hmm. it, it brought the public to, to us and enabled us to have conversations with them about climate change, mm. about the situations that we're, we're fighting against. And actually... What was really interesting is there was some um, research done around the people's feelings about Extinction Rebellion. And when they interviewed people in London who are on the, you know, they're, they're physically there in front of Extinction Rebellion. They're getting the opportunity to talk to the activists about mm. why they're there, about why they're doing this stuff. The general consensus of, of people in London was positive and, the, and, and had, had increased in, their, in, in regards to how positive they felt about it. People outside of London who had only had the media and the media's coverage mm -hmm. of the actions and their opinion, their opinion of Extinction Rebellion and that the actions was, was leaning towards the negative because they were only getting the media side. Um, so I think it's really interesting that you, we need to be out there. We need to be having these conversations because if we allow other people to have those conversations for us, they they drive the, the narrative. Mm. So coming back to the police story, so um, <laughs> we were we were on a, on a march. We were marching through London, um, and we got to a point near a bridge, and basically a, a call was made, and everyone just ran. And I was like, oh, okay, right, this is what we're doing right now. And um, people started to sit down in the road, and um, and the police started to, to literally drag. They were taking people and they were dragging them out of the road. And and le legally, they're not really meant to do that. I, 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 it, you're not meant to be manhandled. If you see, generally, they'll have a couple of people and they'll pick them up and they'll, you know, they'll move them. Mm. And I saw one of my fellow drummers being dragged on his back by his bag. He was just like being dragged across the road. And I ran up because I was like, no, no, you can't. Like, what are you doing? Just let him get up. Like, yeah, drag yeah. him like that. Um, so the police let him go and I got, I got my friend up and was like, are you okay? And then I, so I was like, okay, right. So I'm just going to sit down because it was just going mental. I'm just going to sit down. And this police officer came up and just started to drag me. And I just went, don't drag me. <laughs> <laughs> get off me. Yeah, don't drag me. And, um, 
And he stopped and he walked away. But I didn't realize that, that moment was captured by the media. There was a video of that moment that went across, I think it was the sun or the mirror or something like that. But there was also a photo that was captured of the moment of, of me being sort of started to being dragged. And kind of going back to what I was saying about when we when we get our narrative out there and people get to hear our side, whether whatever activism you're doing, when they get to hear your side, they get to then form their own opinion. When they don't just hear the, the media side, they hear both sides, they get to make an informed decision. So I sat there with this photo and thought, I need to share this. It's stupid. Me just going into London, mm -hmm. just being there and not sharing this wider. So I put it onto my personal socials and then I thought, do I put this on my business social? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Am I going to lose customers? Am I going to get hate for this? What do I do? And I thought, well, no, I can't sit there and do this and then not follow through. I need to, you know, I need to own this. So I put it on my LinkedIn very nervously, put it out there, thought, okay, let's see what <laughs> comes back. To this day, it is my most widely shared, most I had the biggest reach and the feedback was 99% positive. Amazing. So many people saying, thank you for doing it. Thank you for being there. I massively respect you. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. And, and it just took away that fear of, of using my voice through my business as a way to get the message out there. It, we didn't lose customers. We didn't yeah. have people, you know, knocking down the door and telling me I was wrong or anything like that. It, it was incredibly positive. And that was the start of then really using the business as, as activism. So, yeah, that's my police story. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and um, so it wasn't just your followers. Um, it was uh, other, you know, people who saw your post on media, uh, on social media as well. Um, that uh, and, and it had like a really sort of like pol positive influence. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at the time I had maybe a thousand followers on LinkedIn and my posts maybe got a couple hundred you know, reach. It wasn't crazy. This post got had a reach of 30,000. Wow. That's amazing. So it was, yeah, it, it just went out there and, and it was, um, yeah. And it was, it was positive. I, it was, I had a couple of people say, Oh, I appreciate, I, you know, I, I understand what you're fighting for, but I don't, I don't agree with your tactics. And I massively respect that. Like I said earlier, you, you know, that we all have different ways of doing things like with veganism, some people really won't like the fact that there's the people that will go into the restaurants and say meat is murder mm -hmm. and all the rest of it. That's not their kind of activism. Yeah. But there are others who that will really resonate with. And that's mm -hmm. why I say we have to have all different forms in order to get the message out there. Uh, absolutely. And um, Kaylee is living proof that even if you are dragged by the police, it's not going to harm your business. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get shut down. So um, on to you, Chloe. Um, you are this year's uh, winner of uh, Petter's Vegan Interior Designer of the Year. Um, so tell us a bit more about your uh, involvement with Peter and all the things that you're doing um, as an animal rights activist. Um, so, yeah, um, Peter have been running, they have a number of awards. I don't know if you're aware of the awards that they have. So they have a food one, they have a fashion one, and they have one for home homeware um which includes compassionate designer of the year so um i've been following the progress of people i admire in my industry and seeing them get this award each year and just being really happy for them and yeah it was absolutely amazing to actually receive it this year 
so uh, the work they do, I mean, I'm, I'm a business friend of Peter and uh, I have been for all the time I've been vegan, I think. And um, I, I just really admire what they do. I really support what they do. And I really feel that the work, the activism and the undercover stuff that they do is so important. And um, for, for me, I've been a, well, I qualified as a designer 30 years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I was really lucky that I went into an ethical business quite early on. And I kind of have had that awareness of all the materials that I use, but in a retail environment because I worked for Anita Roddick um, for the body shop who was an activist. And um, so it's only when I kind of heard about this course maybe six years ago, yeah, it'd be six years ago, that um, it's kind of uh, Deborah Damari uh, has devised the course called Vegan Design and um, Jex, who's here, has also taken it and she's my lovely friend in the industry. And um, the, studying something that is telling you about the treatment of animals without the qualification of all the undercover reports kind of is a bit nothingy really. But for Peter to share their knowledge with her and, and give a really powerful course for us to learn from, you know, it kind of saying that you're vegan in the interior design industry is quite a piece of activism on its own because it's an industry that are very into luxury. Um, they're very into animal products, especially for homes. Um, that was kind of when you'd sort of discover how many animals are used. So yeah, it's just it's just their support has been really, really good. And yeah, to get the the um award. But I love what they do. They kind of do very confrontational activism and sort of shock tactics, which uh have its place, but they also do some very clever you know, like they do um, gifting, you know, um, I think they gave Kate Middleton an apple leather handbag, you know, it's kind of like, and the work that they did with the bear skins for the Queen's Guards and kind of suggesting that we don't use bear fur anymore. And this, this is a really good, so it's, it's very powerful. And I think I'm in full admiration for what they do and normalizing, you know, for a long time, Peter was kind of like, oh, they're, you know, they're, their trouble, you know, but actually just being part of normalising what they do and their actions, I, I'm very happy to support. Did you know that in the UK alone, there is currently around three trillion pounds invested in pensions and much of that money, it's helping to fund harmful industries like tobacco, fossil fuels, gambling and animal agriculture. So if instead you want to put your money where your heart is, then Jay Street is the founder of Mindful Wealth, our UK-based independent and vegan financial advisor here at Vegan Business Tribe. And because they are truly independent, they're not restricted to any specific investment range, so they can find the best option that works for you both financially and ethically. Although do note that the value of your investments, it can go down as well as up. But you don't need to have a lot of money invested to make a difference. 
If you want to talk about your financial planning, whether you're just starting your journey or you need a little guidance on how to create and maintain good habits, then book a free discovery call with Jay by heading to mindfulwealth.uk. If you are looking to get your business in the news or on the radio or interviewed on TV, then no one's going to get your company noticed like Karen Ridges and her team at Mad Promotions. And Karen, she's been at the forefront of the vegan media scene for the last 20 years. And Mad Promotions, they're also our media partners at Vegan Business Tribe. So if you've read about us in plant-based news or in Economist, then that's probably because Karen got that story there. So if you are an ethical company or entrepreneur that wants more media coverage, and if you're a company that is looking to make a difference, then that's literally what Mad Promotions stands for. Karen, she's worked with the Ganuary, VegFest, and all the other big names. So go find out more at mad-promotions.com. Thank you very much, Chloe. And um, uh, yeah, Peter, I, I would say, we, we, you know, a lot of people do think of Peter as being a bit of a terrorist organization. Oops. But um, I, I disagree with that. They do um, enormous good work. I mean, like, um, they are absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, congratulations uh, to you on winning the award. Um, so, Kelly, I'm going to come back to you. Um, can I ask, um, what do you do in terms of, like, um, using your business um, as a, um, as a, a vegan, a completely vegan a hair salon? Um, what do you do with, you know, in terms of, um, activism for, for your business? So as we've already sort of spoken about, activism does come in many forms. And I do think it's important, again, what you've mentioned, that you do activism that you are comfortable with, you know? Don't be putting yourself into situations that you feel you can't get out of necessarily. But um, so for me, I will hand on heart admit, I'm not somebody who could, again, I don't think I'd have the confidence to block road, tie myself to something. I, I just, again, so admiration for those activists because they're incredible people. And when I first opened my salon, a lot of the feedback I had was that this was never going to work. And I remember posting about it in my local Facebook group within my local community where I also live and comments coming back at me like this isn't the area for a vegan hair salon it's not going to work and no screw them because it's doing really well (laughs) and we're about to move into a bigger salon and it's going to be amazing I can't wait and I didn't even for one second think about my business as activism in in fact it was a friend of mine Toby who is part of Animal Rising um, there was something else back then. But I remember him messaging me saying massive congratulations, all these really kind words. And he's, and it was him that said, your business is activism because you now have this opportunity to access people every day who maybe are vegan and just want to like shout about it. And now they have a safe space to come to, to have their hair done. People that just want to chat to you about it. People that are going to challenge you on it, things like that. And the first decision I made about my salon, which might sound really crazy, my salon was not going to have cow's milk. 
and my mum and my dad were like, people will not come to your hair salon if you do not put cow's milk in their tea. And I'm like, that's fine. They can go somewhere else. I'm not having cow's milk in my salon. And to this day, it has never been a problem. It's oat milk, soy milk, you know, there's choices. And that, that was my first bit of activism because I do have clients come in who drink whatever milk at home. And some of them have actually said, what is it? I use Oatly Barista, other oat milk available, obviously, but I use Oatly Barista and they're like, my tea, my coffee, it tastes so creamy. And now I know that they've switched to that at home, you know? Uh, some people will talk to me about, you know, I'm thinking about it, but I cannot give up cheese. What would you recommend? So there's, there's so much advice you can give, even down to getting people away from brands like L'Oreal, Schwarzkopf, you know, some of the big brands out there that do her animals for our beauty. I am showing them products that they can easily access at home in their bathroom and come away from these barbaric old school practices so you know there's lots and lots of ways you can actually use your own business no matter how big or no matter how small there's so much you can do to you know change the world in your own special way and now that I am more confident okay I did go on national tv which is big bold move <laughs> um and like I say that's been greatly received and I would do it again in a heartbeat so yeah, there's so many ways you can do it for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you, Kelly. And um, the fact that, uh, you know, you're influencing people in so many different ways as well. Um, you know, not only um, your clients that come into your salon, um, but the fact that you're influencing your suppliers as well. Um, so, you know, thank you for what you do. Can I, so can I just say quickly, sorry, taking up a lot of time, but when I, um, when I first opened I was one of five vegan salons in the UK like a tiny handful this is why people were telling me it's not going to work apparently there weren't enough vegans out there that need their haircut mm -hmm. and now it's really weird to not find a hair salon that uses vegan products and when I started just over five years ago I only had two suppliers that I could work with now I have them knocking my door down, asking me to take their brand in my salon because so many vegan, cruelty-free brands are out there, ones that weren't vegan and now switching to vegan. There's a brand out there called Milkshake who are famous for not being vegan because they use milk proteins. They have now gone vegan. Do you know Amazing. what I mean? It's because yeah. we have created that demand. That is, that is pure activism. Amazing. Thank you, Kelly. And uh, the same question to you, Kelly. Um, how do you use your business as a creative agency um, to uh, as, as your form of activism? Yeah, it's an interesting one because um, we quite often get the question, well, how can a design agency be vegan? Because in their mind, vegan is what you eat, is what you drink. But there are so, as we all know, there are actually so many other ways that animals are exploited in day-to-day -day life and in the design world that there are there are things that that you know we have to look at so for example printing so animal products can be used in inks and glues so it's making sure we have those conversations with our clients and saying look we won't be providing you we won't be getting printing for you from this company we use this company this is the reason why 
And actually, the print quality, quite quite interestingly, is better with vegan products. It, they, when they use vegetable inks, there's a, a stronger color. It's, mm. it's a more rich color. So actually, by not using animal products in your printing, mm-hmm. you get a better quality product at the end. So it's having those conversations. But it's really interesting you mentioned about them saying, don't open a vegan uh, vegan salon. When we were talking about bringing our ethics to the front of our business, we had a chat with a marketing consultant and he said, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You, you know, the, um, you'll lose customers. Um, it will ruin your business, blah, 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 blah. And um, Liam, Liam, my other half and my business partner and I sat back and we said, well, if people don't want to work with us because of our ethics, we don't want to work with them. So screw mm. it. We're doing it. <laughs> so um, we started to talk about it. And um, and that was that was from a business perspective, that was our form of activism, talking about it in our marketing, in our social media, in our blogs, in just generally when I'd go to networking, if I'd go to general business networking, I would say we're an ethical, sustainable vegan design agency. And you'd get the question, well, what does that mean? And it would open up those conversations to explain what it is, what our ethics are, why we have these ethics, what the problem is, and start to plant those seeds with people who aren't necessarily thinking in that way. And it's really interesting because instead of losing customers, we've actually had customers come to us and say, I've been thinking about going vegan. Can you help me? Have you, can you give me some advice? And I've got this almost like copy and paste email of 15 different things to help people to start taking those first steps in veganism. And I just send it off to them and, and there it goes. So it's just it's just kind of softly planting those seeds and having those conversations um, and being open. I think that's one of the biggest things, just being open to having those conversations, not judging people if they're not mm. there. Because at mm. the end of the day, most of us weren't vegan when we were born. You know, we had to go through a process to mm. get to this point. So, so we can't judge people by the fact that they're not at our, our point in our journey. We have to welcome them where they are and give them information and guidance to bring them to our point, to, you know, to bring them to the point in the journey where we are. So that's the way we do it. Thank you very much, Kaylee. And the fact that um, you, you know, you go along to um, networking events um, that are not necessarily vegan networking events, and you know, you talk about veganism. You've got your email as well. If anyone wants to know more about it, and the fact that people are coming to you um, asking questions, I mean, that that's a great way of actually influencing um, other people as well using your business by going along to networking events. Uh, and so the same question to, to you Chloe um, how do you use your business as a uh, vegan interior designer um, as your activism so just carrying on that being the approachable vegan is so important you know to make people feel like they can come and ask you those questions and kind of um, not sit in a silo and be completely cut off and you know they can only talk to you if they are 100% aligned with what you're doing so um in my industry I well first of all I joined my professional body you know the quality of my work is really important I want to show that professionalism so I sort of joined the BIID which is the um institute for interior design it's really quite hard to be a, a member it's um it's kind of, you know, you've got to prove that you're professional, insured, all of those things. Um, but, of course, 
there's not many vegan designers in there other than probably me and Jex. <laughs> but um, the the whole part of that is that I'm I'm kind of mixing with other designers, which is great from all angles. You know, I'm learning from them. You know, I'm learning that competition is is not really there. The, the more that you collaborate and get to know each other and learn from each other, it's a good thing. But also, as I said before, my industry is really quite animal heavy. And so um, just being there to answer the questions and kind of so through that, I um, have been I'm on the committee at the BIID and it's it's professional practice and sustainability. And um, on that committee, I've sort of joined with some other like minded sustainability interior designers who can't quite they're not there with the vegan, but they understand the sustainability. So we kind of have some things in common. So from there, um, and also again with Jex, we set up Interior Design Declares, which is the climate crisis and biodiversity crisis declaration for our industry, which I, I think most industries have a declare. Um, and it's just, again, it's just a lovely way to cross-pollinate with you know, people that are open to realizing the impact that your your work has. So um, that's that's how I've used it. I just wanted to break off for a second to ask, are you just following this podcast without being a member of Vegan Business Tribe? Because if you are, then let me tell you, you are missing out on about 80% of everything that goes on at Vegan Business Tribe, including incredible resources and a vibrant community of like-minded vegan business owners from around the world. Because as a member of Vegan Business Tribe, you'll gain access to hundreds of hours of online courses and guides and masterclasses in our Vegan Business Academy to help you grow your vegan business. You'll also get to attend our regular online networking meetups where you can promote your business and just forge those connections with fellow vegan business owners just like you. Plus, if you need more direct advice and assistance, you can join us on a live business clinic or you can post a question in our community hub where all our other members plus our vegan business experts are waiting to help you out. And the best part it's just £18.99 a month. And at the same time, you'll also be supporting the work that we do to champion the vegan business scene around the world. And just to add that we've now also recently introduced one-to-one business coaching and mentoring with myself or one of our vegan business experts. And that's available to a select number of our members. So if you're really looking to take your vegan business to the next level, then we've got you. Don't just lurk on the sidelines. There is a whole community of vegan businesses who want to get to know you and support you. Just head to veganbusinesstribe.com. Click on that big join button on the homepage and I cannot wait to connect with you and discuss your vegan business or your next big idea. 
Thank you very much, Chloe. That's really amazing that um that you're you know that you've managed to actually influence um a professional body as well, your professional body. So um you know that's a really difficult thing to to do. But uh, well well done on on that. Um, Kelly, um, I'm going to come back to you. Um, so to our audience here, um, those who are ha have a vegan business or those who are um, looking to set up a, a, a vegan business, how can they use their business as a form of activism? So again, I think it's um, finding what you're comfortable with, finding out like your boundaries for how much you want to talk about veganism through your business. Unfortunately, there are some people that are really anti-vegan still out there. So you might have to find yourself being quite resilient in some situations. So just have a just have a think about what kind of feedback you might get when you start. Equally, find those avenues right down to the small detail of what it is you can do to create outreach through your business. Is are you going to talk about it on your website? Are you going to create blogs? Are you going to use like the word vegan, plant-based? What is your language? And I just I buckle up and enjoy the ride. I'll be honest. I've I think I've been lucky that I knew there was a gap in the market for what I wanted to do. And no matter how many times people told me not to do it because it wasn't going to work, it kind of spurred me on a bit more. My husband was also a driving force behind it. So the days where I was like, I can't do it, I can't, oh my God, I can't. He was like, you can and you are. I I would just urge you, like, put your plans in place and go for it and think about all these different avenues we now have, which are free, that aren't going to cost you any money to access your ideal customers and to talk about what it is you're doing, why you're doing it, and why it's such a positive thing. So, you know, we've got our social medias, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok now. What else is there? Like some threads. It's endless. And, you know, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. If you have any questions, you know, feel free to come and chat to me afterwards. There you are. Thank you, Kelly. And the, uh, the same question to you, Kelly. I mean, to be fair, you've probably covered most of it. But um, yeah, I, I, I do think it's doing what you're comfortable with. For some people, it will be being really overt, being really in your face and really being strong with the messaging. For others, it will be being very subtle and they won't even necessarily talk about it at the front of their business. But when they're having conversations with their clients directly, they will just be bringing those messages and those alternative solutions to the table Mm -hmm. And explaining the reasons why they've bought these solutions and the benefits. I think that's it is it's definitely just find what you're comfortable with. But again, do it because running a business is hard. <laughs> like, let's be real here. It is hard running your own business. There are times where you just go, I just can't do it. And you have that person. Luckily, you've got the other person next to you going, you can. And if you don't have that other person next to you saying you can, having your ethics driving you will drive you forward. If you know why you're doing this, if you've got a higher purpose than just making money, it will drive you through those hard days when you just feel like, oh my God, you remember why you're doing it. And especially with veganism, you remember those innocent lives that you're doing it for. So yeah, do it. <laughs> 
Do it, do it, do it. Can I just add one small, sorry, because it just reminded me of something as well. Surround yourself with people like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, and being a part of the vegan business tribe, there's been days where I've, even I've had to reach out to David, like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it. I've had enough. I did, I'm done. And he's like, these are the reasons why you are not done. <laughs> but having people like this to back you up is just incredible. So, yeah. Thank you very much. And the same question to you, Chloe. So I might just deviate a little bit. I, I do feel that um, being in business is really hard. And I am quite pleased in some ways that I established my business before I really shouted about what I do in terms of my values, in terms of veganism. I mean, I've always been a, an ethical business. So... Um, that kind of felt important to say that because if, in my industry, if you come out shouting about veganism, it might be quite difficult early on. But also the benefit of niching, you know, everyone says it's good to niche and to, like to be very specific. I felt so much happier in myself for having my values echoed and, and transferred through my business. It makes my work so much more meaningful my day is much more meaningful but yeah I completely echo about being part of vegan business tribe or whatever vegan networking you can get hold of I mean in Brighton and I need to resurrect it again but I did um have a, a business uh, a vegan business networking group which kind of struggled a bit over covid so i need to bring it back again but it's just really lovely to have other people to because we might be in very, very different industries, but we've got so many things in common. Our pain points are so similar. And the the um, the clinic, the business clinic that David has is just brilliant because I've come in with a real quandary in the past about I was supposed to write a book for Reba Publishing, who are the, um, the architect's professional body, which is completely out of the blue for me. I never dreamt that I'd write a book, but I just had a real wobble, came to the, the clinic with it one evening and went off into, our, you know, you, you spit into different groups and you, you help each other. And it was really, really helpful. And it got me back on the tracks again. And I, you know, I, all that I was thinking was if I don't write this book, whoever they approach, will they write a, about animals and the people that are in, in my supply chain as well? So, yeah, just surround yourself with like-minded enthusiastic people that will really give you the power and you know help you when you need it thank you very much chloe and um i just want to echo um what everyone has said it is incredibly difficult incredibly hard running your your own business um i run several actually world vegan market london vegan business network which is a a, a vegan uh, business network um not just based in london but worldwide as well um i have um shibari snack shack um i also um run ethy green which is an eco vegan uh, product and consultancy company and it, i tell you what it is incredibly incredibly hard um but you know i i absolutely love um vegan business tribe um you know they're just so supportive and uh yeah i would definitely recommend um joining them uh so um any uh on to um questions from the audience uh do we have any questions at all so the question was, how do we feel about people using plant-based instead of vegan as a description? For me, 
it's uh, if I well, it's it's very indirect. It's not specific enough. I I don't use cruelty free because I could use something that's cruelty free that still has animal products in it, as as Kelly can and uh, as Kaylee can as well in her industry. So um, vegan, you've got to use vegan. It's specific. I don't care if people struggle outside of our kind of circle if they don't understand the word or they kind of just associate the word with food I can't do a lot about that except for just to demonstrate to them how beautiful the world can be without animal products in your interiors so I can just demonstrate the positive but yeah I feel you have to be very precise and direct in the in the words that you use so plant-based is indirect for me Thank you. Anyone else would like to answer uh, the I've question? I've got something to add to that. And actually, we've got an anecdote from a company we were working with a year or so ago. So I can't name names, obviously, but when we were working with them, they came to us with a name. It was for a food product. product and the overarching brand name was had the word vegan in it. But the founders weren't vegan. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the product was... Uh, the, the manufacturing was everything about the actual product was but the company wasn't run by vegans and so we told them not to use the name the word vegan because for, uh, you may disagree with us but but we said if if we bought a product that was late the company was labeled vegan x we would assume that the whole company is vegan and that by giving our money to that company we're giving our money to a vegan business but we're not we're giving it to a vegan product that is then being um, sold by non-vegan. They were vegetarian. Well, one was vegetarian and one was flexi. Um, and we said, it's, it's not ethical to do that. So we brought a plant-based in in that situation. So I think it's it's a bit nuanced, but I think we should be owning vegan. Um, but I think sometimes it can be, it, there can be a bit of a, a grey area there. So, yeah. Thank you. I think plant-based is a gateway phase. Because it's easier to go home and say, mum, dad, I'm going plant-based rather than I'm turning into an extreme vegan activist. <laughs> uh, I think it's a softer phrase. To me, it relates to diet. I am vegan. I'm so proud to be vegan. I'm vegan because I blooming love the animals. And I don't think they should be used in life for exploitation purposes at all. I can see why people use plant-based, but... Vegan is the way forward. No one ever said plant-based is the way forward. Vegan is the way forward. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Um, does anyone else have any more questions? Uh, yeah, so the question was, if you saw uh, the, uh, any business that has um, certified vegan business, um, what does that mean to you? I think it's a fantastic scheme to make things easier for busy business owners like myself. If I can support a vegan business in my supply chain, I will. So I already use, um, I'm part of the vegan business tribe. Uh, David is my vegan accountant. I use Reforest the Web. Bethan, she, she uh, does all of my web hosting and web designing. If I need a business, I do tend to dip into the vegan business tribe because I know it's safe, if that makes sense. So I think it's a fantastic thing because, like I say, it, it saves me having to sit and do research that I just don't always have the time to do. And what a fantastic thing that we're not scared to celebrate who we are anymore. Thank you.
Yeah, I mean, it it just it just gives you that vote of confidence that you're putting your money in with a company that that you agree with, that you that aligns with your ethics, that you know that 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 pound that you're spending, you know, because they say every every pound you spend is a vote for the future, the world that you want to live in. So by being able to have a really clear sign that those companies that you're spending your pounds with are working towards the same future that you want to achieve, is is a really valuable a valuable tool. So that would, for me, it would be a sign of, okay, they're working towards what I'm working towards. Let's work together. Thank you. The only thing I'd add on to that is just the word certified gives you the confidence that somebody's checked this out and it's not just a stamp. It feels like it's integrity. It has integrity there. So, um, yeah, I would, I would feel very happy to use it. Thank you very much. And um, my final question is, what would you like to leave the, what message would you like to leave the audience with? And I'll come to you first, Kelly. Oh my God, you go. If you've got one, you go. <laughs> go, go. Hold on, let me think. My, my message is you have power. You have power. You might not think it, you might feel like you're one small drop in a vast ocean, but you have power. And every day you can use that power for good. So that's that's my message. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that time and for that inspiration. My message is have resilience because resilience is key, not only as a vegan, but as a business owner. It's so important to have that like voice in your head going, it's OK, it's OK, I can do this. So my my word for the day, that is it, is resilience, OK, because you've got this, OK? Be the vegan that you want to be. Amazing. Thank you. And Chloe? So I've got a couple. So following on is look after yourself as a vegan business owner as well, because, you know, the longer we can stay in business and, and send those ripples out and get encourage more vegan business, the better. And, and also just let's be careful not to be in silos here, because I, I really like to be part of my local circular economy group, um, you know, the sustainability sustainable groups that I've already mentioned and it's kind of like a cross-pollination just kind of yeah again being that approachable vegan in those other sustainable spaces people planet pine you know all, there's a lot of things going on that aren't necessarily vegan but you can kind of um send more ripples out and I think it's good to do that cross-pollination Thank you very much. Um, that actually comes to the end of the session. Um, so let's give a big hand to our panellists, Kelly, Kelly and Chloe. Just as a reminder, that session was hosted by Shibari Daz from World Vegan Market, and she was joined by Kelly Vowles from Pixel Rose Hair Design in Swindon, Kaylee Nicolau from Kakadu Creative, and Chloe Bullock of Materialize Interiors, who is Peter's Ethical Designer of the Year. And I actually just listened back to that session with you just then, and I was making a few notes because I loved just how scalable their advice was. Just not serving your customers 
animal milk, when they come to you for an appointment or a meeting, that is a really easy thing to do. And you can explain the environmental side of why you do that as well as the compassionate side. Or at the complete other end, I've seen companies really embrace veganism as their core business message and they still get huge support from their non-vegan clients when they do it. In fact, I really like what Kelly said about people saying that her vegan hair salon, it would fail because there are just not enough vegans needing to get their hair cut. But the final, and I think maybe most important thing that I wanted to repeat was what they all said about surrounding yourself with other people who are on the same ethical vegan business mission that you are. If you are not yet a member, come and be part of Vegan Business Tribe. You've got my personal invite or go to veganbusinesstribe.com forward slash free hyphen month and try us out for month for a free. And you can come along to one of our online networking meetups to meet other vegan business owners just like those you've just heard from right now. Or you can ask a question in our community hub from other people who have done exactly what you are trying to do. So that is it for another episode. And please do give us a like or a thumbs up if you're watching us on YouTube. Or please leave us a five-star review if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast. And make sure that you do check out the rest of the recordings from Vegan Business Tribe live in our Vegan Business Academy on the website. And I will see you on the next one.